Welcome back to another episode of On the Bench with Beaks. I am Cody Beekman. This is episode 89, and with me is Nick Adams. Hey, what's up, guys? And we have Ryan Strachita returning to the bench tonight. What's up, Ryan? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me again. Oh, absolutely, man. We had enough fun. We had so much fun the other night, so I figured we'd do it again, eh? Oh, yeah. I'm all about it. Sweet. Well, I'll tell you what, dude. We got... A lot to talk about, and you know, this episode's kind of be like a mixed bag of a whole bunch of just goings on in the NHL. So, uh, first of all, we did uh, talk about the Ian Cole thing, the whole the sexu- sexual allegations, uh, the sexual assault allegations against him, and uh, I do gotta say, like I. Uh, we kind of really took a strong stance against it like well not uh, well a strong stance kind of like just assuming that he was guilty right away so uh, what happened is that the the NHL did a full investigation in it and they found out that the claims were um, unsubstantiated so for one I mean just for my own self I do gotta like kind of apologize for you know just jumping in and automatically thinking that he was guilty of it even though there was no investigation so I do have to apologize for that for sure. No I mean I think we all kind of jumped in there we were quick on Ian Cole but one of the unfortunate things is is that's just kind of the way that hockey culture is right now and there's so much of that going on in the hockey world that when you hear another accusation like that you know some of us just assumed uh I feel bad that we assumed we drug him a little bit there. Um, you know, I'm glad that he cleared. I'm glad that I can keep my Ian Cole jersey in the closet. Right. No, I mean they're very serious allegations. I mean Tampa, Tampa Bay didn't even give him the shot before they suspended him. So it's a serious situation. But I think maybe a couple too, a couple people were too fast to judge. And I mean, it is. I mean, it. They are serious allegations, and it's it's good to take those seriously for sure. And um, but yeah, but it's it's really it's great that you know they were unfounded. You know, I mean, uh, one less black eye for the NHL because I mean, yeah, there's a few. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously we we talked about the Hockey Canada situation and how terrible that is right now so just another sexual assault allegation coming from somewhere else in the NHL or the hockey world just kind of puts a a bigger stain on the, the entire community so it's good that they were unfounded for sure and I mean it's just it's so shitty when the, the, that stuff got, comes out yeah, I mean, it's terrible stuff, for real. I mean, you don't ever want to hear stuff like that. We hate st- hearing stories like this. More and more stuff coming out with Hockey Canada. It's just, you know, we want to focus on hockey and the game and not have to worry about, you know, cleaning up all of the, you know, nonsense that goes on off the ice. Yeah. Um, in a much lesser allegation, but... Still a very serious allegation. There was another one that involved the Avs boys. Uh, you know, some people out there accusing big old Val Nichushkin of using the PEDs. Oh yeah, the doping thing. And then this like this extends all the way into like last year. 
I mean, untest or unusually high uh, levels of testosterone is what originally led to them testing and accusing him of using performance-enhancing drugs. Thankfully, that has been determined to be untrue. Right, and and I mean, this isn't new with Russian players, unfortunately. I mean, that's why you know the it, it's the Russian Olympic Committee committee now in the Olympics because almost like it seemed like 90% of Russian athletes were doping yeah I mean it seemed like there was definitely a large amount of them doping and then that evolved into you know allegations towards some of these professionals that play in professional leagues I know even there was some even uh, Artemi Panarin caught a couple yeah um, doping allegations with the Rangers as well I mean, coming personally from an Avs fan, uh, Big Val pumps pumps the iron after every single game. Yeah, dude can't stay out of the gym. He's just a big bad man. I just I don't think there's anything on him that's not natural. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I guess you could see it because I mean, the, the last season he had an absolutely incredible season, and it's go it's like spilling over in. To the beginning of this season, I mean, six goals in six games, only a few players have ever done that to start out a season. So, I mean, Val's Val's killing it, man, and I, I love to see it. Oh, he's an absolute unit. He's finally learning how to use his size to his advantage, and it's showing on the ice. Oh, for sure, and 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 he's really putting together the skill and the size, which is something uh, I think a lot of people were always like, dude, if if he could put this together, I mean, he would be that you know that player that he was drafted for so many years ago. Yeah, this is exactly what Dallas thought they were getting when they drafted him in the first place. Um, yeah, he's finally just putting it all together. He's Big man learning how to, you know, dip the shoulders and take the hard cut to the middle of the ice, and then he's got good enough hands that he sneaks up on a lot of goalies, and it's it's a lovely thing. The man skate and the way the man skates as well is just it's so fluid, it's so incredible. So yeah, finally Big Val's putting it together, and I couldn't be happier for him, man. Absolutely. Speaking of Russian players, um, we we heard about this whole thing, you know, uh, for the Prague. Global series that the uh, the Czech government was not going to allow ru- the Russian uh, NHL players to come over and play in the Global Series. Um, are we hearing rumors about this happening in Finland as well? Uh, I mean, I think so. I mean, I think this is a thing that. Like it's beyond the NHL. This is yeah. you're talking countries, governments that are involved here, and you know I don't know if they are threatening to maybe not want some of these guys to travel. I don't know necessarily if they should because you know let's say that one of them gets hung up with a passport issue or a visa issue or something like that. That's the last thing that we need as a team is you know like Miko or just anybody. You know, lucky. I'm just using the fins as an example, but one of those guys to get caught up in with their visa or whatever it may be. I mean, I, I don't know. I just. I mean, Lecky and Miko would be fine because I mean they are like. Oh yeah. Of uh, fi- Finnish 
so. Nuke uh, but, would be the only one from us, I believe. Yeah, Nuke maybe maybe Georgiev, but he is Belarusian. Yeah, Nuke is the only one from Russia, I believe. It, yeah, I'm not. I'm not exactly. That's that's a thing. I'm kind of speaking out of turn here. I'm not exactly sure how all of this works. I just personally, if they're saying that we shouldn't take Nuke with us because there might be a problem getting him back, I think that that's one that you just tap him on the shoulder and say like, "Hey, big guy, just go go live for a couple weeks." I just I I like I I. I don't want to do that. I mean, we just we were just talking about how well Duke's played. I don't I don't want him to miss a game. But like, I mean, you've got uh, Russia players on, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets side too, like Shinnikov and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, players like such as. Uh, but I mean, it in in the end, I mean, I'd probably go how Greer wins says if um, if one of us can't go, then none of us go. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, definitely, 100%. That's, I mean, you have to be united in a stance. I mean, if you're going to be all in one way or the other, you got to be one unit. You got Because that's the only way that they're going to take them and travel, let them travel and play, is if all these guys are like, it's we're all going to go play in the Global Series, we're all going to travel, we're going to be a part of this, or yeah. we're not. And I understand. I mean, yeah, these uh, like geopolitical problems are like uh, I mean, super, super touchy, especially right now. But I mean, uh, one or two Russian f- uh, people coming into your country to play a game isn't really going to threaten your like border. I don't know. I I, I don't go ahead. I think it's truly unfortunate that political issues are translating into the world of hockey right now. It's absolutely unfortunate. Right, for sure. See, I mean, I'm definitely, I totally agree with everything that you're saying, but in, outside of a hockey, you know, situation, you have to look at something like the Brittany Griner situation. Yeah. She's just being held over there. I mean, we don't need any, you know, somebody, one of these Russian players to make a a dumb mistake and have something they shouldn't have with them and all of a sudden it's a crime or something to that nature. Well, we just hey, don't need to... Don't bring a fucking weed pen with you. There you go. To a country that uh, marijuana is totally illegal. Gee. I, I, I get it. I'm just saying we know how the league goes. We know how some of the boys get. I'm just saying we don't need any... If there's any way that they can get in trouble over there and they have a specific eye on them, it might be a good idea to leave them here. It could be catastrophic for sure. But, I mean, you just don't want to see it. And, I mean, like I said, I get it. You know, just like the geopolitical climate right now is just absolutely topsy-turvy. So, I don't know. Hopefully they can... uh, Hopefully this won't be a problem and, you know, hopefully... If it is, it'll get figured out in the best way possible to, I mean, be able to include all players and not, you know, piss off a bunch of different countries. Well, I mean, when you, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, some of the best players in the league are Russian players. I mean, Alex Ovechkin, we we all know who that guy is. Yeah, yeah, the guy chasing down Gretzky, that guy. Oh, that guy. I, oh, shoot. You know, I don't know if any of you guys have heard of, like, you know, Arthur B. Pernarin or, you know, Andre Vasilevsky or any any of these type of players. Or Yeah, those fringe players. <laughs> but, all right, so, I mean, yeah, we just want to get some of that, like, uh, you know, I guess 
iffy kind of fringe kind of weird stuff out of the way real quick so uh to lighten the mood we're gonna kick it over to dave zamboni for uh extra special spooky dave zamboni's pick of the week yeah it's because halloween is this week so dave take it away buddy Hey, Beaks. Thanks, man. It's Dave from the Zambonis. It's our Zamboni Pick of the Week. Well, you know, it's Halloween season, and we have to say Hockey Halloween with a Hockey Monkey Mash. It's our tribute to the old Monster Mash by Boris Pickett, the original guy that did that. We had a song called Hockey Monkey, some of you may know. But this one is called Hockey Monkey Mash. We put it out last year, and, uh, you know... Maybe we're running out of things to sing about, but I don't think so. So this is called Hockey Monkey Mash. If you want to check us out, if you like this stuff, songs only about hockey, check us out at at the Zambonis, either on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or wherever you go about this stuff. It's at the Zambonis. Thanks, Beaks. Back to you. I was working in the lab late one night when my little monkey subject he took a bite of what? Of radioactive banana! Then he grabbed the little hockey stick and smashed the beakers and weird chemicals splashed all over his sneakers transforming them to hockey stars! Now all the scientists are running around Jane Goodall. The referees were skating around, looking for the monkey, but he can't be found. It was the marsh. The Huggy Monkey Marsh. Dracula and the werewolf too were looking for the children, but the children knew it was the marsh. The Huggy Monkey Marsh. And it's one, two, Four, five, six. The monkey's got a hockey stick. Seven, eight, nine. 
Thank you, Dave, for that extra special Dave Zamboni's pick of the week. Like I always say, you can check him out on Spotify and Bandcamp. Go over there, buy some of their music, get a T-shirt. You know, um, you know, just support the boys because you know hockey rocks, and we love uh, the Zambonis, and I know you guys do too. So support the boys. Um, just one thing before we start. Yeah, actually, uh, Alexander Georgiev is Bulgarian, not Belarusian. Yeah, just wanted to get that out of the way real quick. Correct ourselves real fast. Yeah, just so we don't sound totally idiotic. All right, so huge things as we going around in the league right now. Obviously, one of the biggest one was the reverse retro 2.0 drop. And I've got to say, it was an interesting one. Um, I don't know. I Like, it's... It wasn't very exciting. I wasn't, like, blown away like I was last year. Like, a, a majority of last year's jerseys, I was just like, that's that's absolutely incredible. Like, oh, my God, look at that one. Holy shit, man. Like, why don't I have thousands of dollars to spend on these jerseys right now? And, I mean, all three, you know, all three of us, uh, like, pretty much anybody on the bench or that we talk to is, our, is a huge jersey guy, so... I want to get your guys' uh, opinions about, like, you know, the 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 ones you really loved and the ones you really hated. I, I can agree with you. I think they were a little lackluster this year. Uh, definitely not blown away by any of them. I do have my favorite. Uh, the Florida Panthers turned out absolutely amazing, in my opinion, with that baby blue and the palm tree and the stick. You can't go wrong with that. Ugh. Gotta say, my least favorite is probably detroit's them in chicago look like they're being twins yeah seriously it's basically the same jersey <laughs> yeah i mean i was definitely disappointed with the drop last year's drop was absolutely incredible with some of the the ones that we got like the abs was sweet last year the ducks was incredible last year yeah you know this year just i like the concept that the abs went with but i felt like they left a lot of empty space that they could have filled in i felt like there could have been a couple uh callbacks from the past since it is the reverse retro i think they could have I think we're all in agreement they could have brought the Yeti foot back. Should have. Put that on the shoulder, paid some homage to the the original Stanley Cup champs that were here. Um, I Especially mean, after just winning the Stanley Cup. I think it was an incredible opportunity that got uh, squandered. I mean, I also like Florida's, uh, the Panthers jersey pretty well. I liked... Uh, Tampa's reverse retro kind of uh, just because they kind of reminded me of the you know the Tampa that I grew up with watching oh yeah just a touch I mean just I don't know having the the black trim on the outside of it with the white I thought was pretty 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 nice to pretty nice callback and I liked what they did because they called it right back to their first 04 Cup team, that's exactly what they right. mocked those jerseys off of. So I think that we could have done something a lot similar. You know, I think last year another thing is that they did a really good job of, like, building it up and, like, teasing it where they really just kind of, you know, let leaks kind of fly or whatever for some teams. And then it was just like, oh, yeah, today, here you go. Here you get, you get all the jerseys, which, I mean, you know, 
I you know I I do like I do like a little uh, build up before the actual reveal, so maybe that's why I wasn't as excited about these ones this year. But uh, as in the long run, I felt like a lot of a lot of the jerseys were just really lazy, and I mean uh, everybody's kind of stoked about the Arizona one is, but it's the Arizona one is the exact same one they did last year in a different color. Um, a lot of the, a lot of other ones such as, you know, like the Detroit and, and the Chicago one are, you know, I get where they were like, uh, going back to you, but it just looks so lazy. You know, like there's, I mean, it's the the couple lines and the the city name, big deal. You know, and then also just there is a controversy here too with these reverse retros because Vegas, um, I don't know if you guys knew, but Vegas, they're reverse retros. They glow in the dark, but of course you did Vegas. Of course you did. But. Only the men's authentic jerseys glow in the dark. The women's jerseys have been told that they will not glow in the dark like the men's. For fucking what reason? I couldn't tell you. I, that's what that's what this controversy is. Vegas just doesn't. I guess they don't think they have women hockey fans, or I, I don't. I don't understand. I mean, a why the fuck does it glow in the dark? Like what? What? What's the big? What's the big We're talking about here. the team that comes out with a night on the ice and puts on a 15-minute spectacle before puck drop every game. Oh, I just don't get it, though. Like, oh, yeah, because so many people play fucking hockey in the dark. We're also talking about the team that has a shiny gold helmet. Oh, God damn it. Vegas, damn it, Vegas. But I mean, and then and then yeah, why not make the women jerseys glow in the dark too? Like, is there really that they're like an embargo on glow in the dark materials that you can only do one uh, one gender of jerseys that way? I think it's just fanatics being lazy. It could be. Well, I mean, even but uh, like even like the authentic ones, right? Too? Yeah, it's the men's authentics. Well, because I don't, they don't even make women authentic jerseys, do they? Female authentic. Yeah, but that's so the ones that they can buy don't. Since they're not the authentic, they don't have this option. So that's the whole. They're only selling them to in men's jersey sizes, which I never got. I mean, yeah, okay. So you have like different sizes for women, but how come they're the so? I guess you would just buy an authentic jersey instead, which is like I'm pretty sure like a hundred dollars more than the female the women jerseys. You know that's probably that probably has something to do with it. I don't doubt it. I really don't. Uh, like I, I, but I just don't get it. I mean, if you're gonna make these jerseys and then make them all the same way, you know, I mean, obviously authentic is different than like the fanatics breakaways, but I mean, still, like just the people who buy authentic jerseys gets the glow in the dark aspect i mean you're not saving much in glow in the dark paint i it's 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 a weird hill to die on if you ask me that's all i gotta say that's all i'm saying of all the stances that you could have chose to like this is it this is the one i'm going with that's the one you went with yeah okay cool so I mean, I mean, and but don't get me wrong, there were like some pretty pretty cool jerseys out there, like the Vancouver Canucks one. 
That one was great. Johnny oh, Kinnock. and like, Johnny Kinnock. Uh, dude, I, I just think they're rad. I mean, and they've got the number on the front, too, like on, 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 um, on the chest. So, I, th- I don't know. I just, I think that one was actually really cool. And, I mean, obviously, that was, like, the first league we got of any jersey. So, I've had, I've had a lot of time to actually just, like, stare at it and really love it. But I mean, I, I I think it's it's a cool way to go, and it's yeah, that one's a great callback. Uh, I I don't know, man. There's not a lot of the other a lot of ones that I really enjoyed other than Vancouver. I mean, I I think the Avalanche one is absolutely atrocious. Uh, I there's just so much blank space, and they fucking went white. And you guys know how I I, I just absolutely love my white jerseys. And I mean, we did we we've done white. We did white last year, and it looked fuck like I I bitched about it. But then when I finally saw it really in person, and with like the actual kit that the players wear, I mean, I definitely ate my words for sure because it was a very crisp jersey. But this one, it's just awkward. Yeah, I mean, this one honestly just reminds me. I feel like they took. One uh, uh, was it the first Stadium Series jersey that had the big C on it? Or was yeah. It, yeah, I feel like they just kind of took the Stadium Series jersey against uh, that we had against Detroit. Yeah, and and, and then just put it on like an original jersey. We go, let's make it the colors of the Colorado flag. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, cool. I feel like they just legit took that same C with the puck and. Stuck it right up front, and they were like, there's the flag. Let's put one on the shoulder. Let's give it some yellow and red trim, and there it is, baby. Well, I do got to say this. It does make the uh, uh, On the Bench with Beaks logo more relevant. It sure does. Yeah, but, hey, we made ours before that. I don't know. Well, I, uh, we put our new logo out before these Stadium Series jerseys, so... I mean, if they were going to go white, they should have paid homage to the old uh, alternate jerseys with the diagonal Colorado. They dropped the ball there with the white jerseys. I, You know, we were talking about this last night, actually. Yeah, I think if they if they went with, like, the original uh, third jersey of the Avs in a white, I would absolutely love that. I like that'd be like one white jersey that I would absolutely adore for sure. Well, and that's the one that we all want to see come back. That's the original third jersey. I mean, that was the one that we started playing division games against. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's got a good, lot of good memories watching those jerseys on the ice. So, oh, and they're just and they are like super retro, dude. That's that's why they were so cool. It's like they were old school as shit. You know, I mean, even with the uh, with the ties, that uh, it was just such a great jersey, and I mean, even the blueberries, I still I, I still enjoy as well. But I mean, yeah, to see a white version of that would be super sweet, and just just like Nick said, and I think what we've been pounding into everybody's head that we talk to, bring the fucking Yeti foot back. God damn, man. I would have loved to seen that as the main logo on a jersey. Honestly, I mean, it's about time. It's it's it hasn't been around in a minute. It's the original mascot. I know we have Bernie now, but Bad bye man. bye Bernie. <laughs> Come on. Um, I don't. And, but what else? Anybody else? Th- oh, I mean, if we're gonna go ahead. Uh, did you guys see that Philly's gonna have the Cooper Cooper all pants? 
for oh yeah for for every uh, yeah they're gonna wear them during the the warm ups. Those things look like they're twenty five pounds. Oh, they 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 just look terrible, man. I thought that that was always such a terrible idea in the first place when they brought them in like back in the what was it was like the eighties, right? Uh, so, oh yeah, Ryan, because you're kind of new to hockey. So back in like relatively, but back in the '80s, yeah, the the Philadelphia Flyers instead of having like the the half cut pants and then like the, the socks, they just had straight pants, black pants all the way. To, like, yeah. Oh, that sounds horrendous. Yeah, they, and they played like that for like I think it was like one year. Yeah, I think it was a season or a season and a half, and the players said absolutely not. So, so yeah, they're gonna bring him back and wear him during uh, warmups when they, whenever they wear their uh, reverse retro jer- jerseys. That should go great, you know. Since the old era also hated them and made them get rid of them, so let's just bring them back and run it back. Yeah, what's l- the problem with that? Let's put out a super uninspired reverse retro jersey and then just make him wear fucking pants during the. During the warm-up. I mean, good job, guys. Good job. I don't mean, honestly, if we're if we're going to go on a little bit of a rant here and we're going to be talking about jerseys, can we talk about Gary Bettman and what he had to say about ads on the jerseys and that not being a thing, but uh, now that's a thing now? Yeah. Uh, two years ago, Gary Bettman says, mark my words, there will never be ads on jerseys and look at where we're at now there's fucking ads on jerseys i am however glad that is it is not mandatory for each team to have uh an ad on their jerseys and for the teams that have not put ads on there we salute you yeah you're the best you're the best thanks for not selling out for sure Honestly, I just don't understand how you can go from such a hard stance of we're never going to have ads on our jerseys and then for a long time it being illegal in the NHL. Like you couldn't even think about any arena deal, jersey deal, helmet logo. You had to go through the NHL and now they're encouraging, you know, sponsorships. And I just, this isn't Euro High. This isn't the Euro Hockey League. And I get, I mean, like, uh, COVID really fucked everything up for, you know, just money in the NHL and stuff. And, and, you know, I, I do admit the, the, obviously the ads on helmets really helped in putting a little bit more adage on the ice is, is definitely helped. But I mean, if you, if, if you, if you're going to take such a strong stance and you know how, you know, hockey fans feel like uh, professional, like NHL hockey fans feel about that, and you publicly say that shit, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> the man's all about the money. You saw the paychecks rolling in from the ads. True. I yeah. Mean, money talks, and unfortunately, it ended up bad for most teams that do have ads on their jerseys. I yeah. just do not believe that they should be allowed on the jerseys, even in the financial state that we're in. Obviously, the revenue with them sponsoring helmets did just fine and probably you know at least half a little over half of the league the helmet sponsors that they got uh were the arena sponsor that owns the rights to the arena yeah so it's not a huge deal when the abs put you know ball corporation on their on their lids when it's ball arena that they're playing in. i just don't 
those ones don't bother me as much because it's just it's like a little decal on the helmet. It is what it is. But once you start putting in, and you can hardly see it while you're actually watching the game, anyway. Yeah, if you start putting in whole patches and whole ads on jerseys, I just is that how we're gonna sell them to? Is that how we're gonna have to buy? I'm gonna have to buy an Avs jersey with a King Supers logo on that it. That is definitely for the Minnesota Wild jerseys. You can only buy them with the uh, logo That's on it. That's absolutely horrendous. That's a shame. I mean, the video ads on the boards is enough. Oh, that too. I mean, the freaking moving video boards now on the ad. Uh, uh, yeah, on the ads on the boards are just horrendous as well. It's distracting. See, see, that's even worse because I mean, even like jersey ads, you can't even re- you can't see super well like while you're actually just watching the game, unless you know obviously like the close-ups of the players and stuff. But yeah, the entire time the game's going on, those fucking moving ads are going on. It's just it. It's absolutely distracting. Not to mention the first couple ESPN broadcasts when they couldn't figure out the TV board ads and everybody that went into the corner got covered up by the TV ads. You couldn't see any of the action. That was awesome. Yeah, super great. Thank you, guys. That is just so awesome. Man, we are just a chipper bunch tonight, aren't we? You know, (laughs) we got started on Gary B, and then... It just went on from there. Ads on jerseys, Gary Bettman. It was bound to rant. Oh, yeah. You know how I feel. Just puts you in a sour mood. Yeah. All right. Uh, for, uh, All right, boys. On a, on a, are we done? Are we done with Gary B? Are we uh, going to let him breathe for the rest of the night? Well, maybe. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. All right. On a lesser note, we're three weeks into this thing, boys. Yep. Surprise teams. Bad teams, good teams, good players, bad players, Beaks. Uh, wow. So, I mean, we already talked about Val earlier, Val Nachushkin. I mean, he's been killing it. But, I mean, other, like, other, like, throughout the other, you know, throughout the other, the league. God damn, I can, can't talk. But, I mean, throughout the league, uh, it's been an, actually a pretty interesting go of, like, three weeks. Uh I mean, Detroit's impressed. Uh, yeah, Ottawa's not been hasn't been too bad. Um, what's really surprised me is the Tampa Bay kind of not looking as not looking as sharp. And you know, I'm not gonna lie, the Avs haven't really impressed me that much either. I think Calgary is uh, looking eight, looking uh, great A out there. Uh. Absolutely. Yeah, honestly, I think one of my biggest surprises so far is the uh, looks like the bounce back that we got going on on the island up there. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, I don't think they're gonna have a great season, but compared to what happened last year, I mean, I definitely think that the Islanders are gonna be flirting with a flirting with a playoff spot maybe towards the end here if everything gets going right. And I've also really been impressed with uh, Detroit so far. I've really liked how they've looked. You know, and uh, someone who else, uh, another team that's actually quite surprised me, man, Seattle has not gotten off to too bad of a start as well. Yeah, I thought they were going to be terrible. Burkowski, leading scorer right now for them. I know it's earlier, but early, but I knew, like, once once he, you know, once he signed with Seattle, he was going to get some real prime minutes, and, it, and he's already showing up. So Seattle's really surprised me. Um uh, on the other end of it, I think Minnesota uh, has got some shit to work out too. 
So the central might be a little more open if like Colorado and Minnesota can't really can, can't straighten it out a little bit more here. Might be a very interesting uh, year for the central. Yeah, I think the central is going to be interesting for sure. I mean, I think the Avs will, you know, they'll come back, they'll do what they do, but I think Nashville's better improved. You know, if Minnesota can figure it out, they have a decent squad up there. I mean, Winnipeg, I mean, who knows? We know they have talent up there. They just never. Winnipeg is definitely an anomaly for sure. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I think the one that has got me the most fascinated, though, is definitely the Pacific. Because I love what Calgary's doing. I love the moves they're making. I love the hockey that they're playing. But Vegas also looks like they could be back. If Logan Thomas is that dude. Oh, Thompson? Uh, or Thompson, Lo- sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if Logan Thompson is that guy, which, I mean, it's early, but he looks damn good. He's going to have to be with Robin Leonard out the entire year. You know, but that's the thing, man. If he can play those number one minutes, Aiden Hill is not a bad backup. No. Nah. And, I mean, pull a Jake, Jake Ottinger. No. I mean, that dude is just going to have to steal every game that Dallas wins. Right. Well, and he, well, that's another – that's actually an, another player that's really impressed me. I mean, he has just really started up right where he left off at the end of those uh, playoffs last year. Yeah, I thought he just got really, really hot there at the end. And then to watch him come out and just stand on his head, it seems like on a nightly basis. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh, my God, this dude is solidifying himself as a top three goalie in the game. Oh, for sure. Speaking of guys who've uh, solidified – solidified themselves uh Kel McCarr isn't looking so hot this year I think he needs to figure something out he looks very human and you know we were complaining about this last night as, as well when we were watching the games like yeah he does not look like Kel McCarr but the dude is still on a point per game basis and yet we're still and we're complaining about him because he just has not looked as sharp I mean he, he's like he looks a little like slow a little just kind of out of out of the play, man. But he's still on a point per game basis. Yeah, like, I know he's still he's still one of the top defenders in the game, but he's just not playing at the level that we all know he can play at. I mean, truthfully, honestly, the way that he normally skates and the way he usually moves, it looks like he's got cement in his skates right now. Oh, for sure. And I mean, just the stone mitts too. Yeah, I mean, he's gripping the stick tight, and he is the the legs are uh, they're heavy right now. Uh, yeah, it's I don't know. It, I mean, it could be that it's it's definitely seeming like the the hangover is the the Stanley Cup hangover is definitely affecting the Avs right now. But oh god, I hope it's just that. <laughs> yeah, I think so, man. I think it's just a matter of they just went on a run three months ago. Um, yeah. So it just. I think it's just a lot of hockey in a short amount of time. I think we'll get there, but we know how it is. It's a long season. You know, they're planning for the long game here. They're not really – it's one of those things I think this year, if they happen to be the top seed in the West, cool. But that's not the end goal here. Because oh, no. they know that when they're healthy, they can beat anybody if they play their game. Oh, for sure. Speaking of injured players, uh, Landeskog being injured uh, kind of opens up some cap space in the LTIR. What do you guys think? I mean, I definitely think it. he's out for three months, so that takes him out to the end of January. Trade deadline's in February. I mean, it definitely makes... March. I was in March. I thought it was the end of Feb. Uh, uh, I think it's first week of March. 
So, fucking splitting hairs here. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, I think it opens up enough money that if you LTIR it and then you run with a lesser cap for more of the year to create more flexibility as contracts go on, as they get paid out throughout the year, as games get played. I think there's potential to make a move there. I'm not necessarily sure. I think we're too early for that. But just LTIR, I mean, just the fact that you have to bring that up to think about creating cap space because it's such a tight cap now. I want to get your guys' thoughts on the future of the cap. I'm more concerned about like this offseason when – Somebody like a Devon Taves is going to hit free agency. Are we? I know that they're talking about it going up, but what do you think, Beeks? Like, well, yeah, I mean, Gary Bettman himself. Uh, see, talking about Gary Bettman again, but uh, Gary Bettman himself, he said, if if we can get out of escrow this year, which is a potential thing. The cap's gonna go up four million dollars, and if it doesn't, it'll only it'll go up a million dollars. So, in thinking of thinking in terms of it going up by four million dollars, that's huge. That's 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 a lot of money. I mean, that's a whole you know that's a bottom six player. Right. I mean, a whole contract of a bottom six player, even maybe a top six guy. Oh yeah, or I mean, you know, uh, a new Devon Taves contract. Again, you were correct. You were correct. So I mean, a, I a I hope we get out of escrow, and if that if that happens, man, uh, we can lock up Devon Taves for another however long he wants to stay, and we won't have to worry about you know bringing Landy off of LTIR, and not to mention, I mean. This is this isn't just an avalanche problem. This is like the entire league. So many teams are like below a million dollars in cap space right now. I mean, that's why you saw the offseason move so slow as it did. I mean, yeah, you had like these a uh, lot of like big signings early on, but I mean, it uh, as as offseason went on, it it just got harder and harder for these teams to find a way to, you know, utilize what little cap space they had left. And that's why you saw so many professional tryouts at the beginning of the season for training camp. And that's why you didn't see as many trades or anything like that going down before the beginning of the season. So if it does, if if this opens up another $4 million for a lot of teams, it's, there's going to be a lot of movement. And there's going to be a lot of, a lot of different kind of trades at the trade deadline, possibly next year. Well, yeah, I mean, cause we're, we're at the point now with the cap being as tight as it is, you know, Player value isn't going down. Oh, not at all. You know, I mean, like, there is still standards of production for, you know, standards on a contract for how much you make. And we're getting to the point where it's so talented and there's so much talent in the league that, you know, all these teams are running out of cap space. And the only teams that have cap space are mediocre teams. And none of these dudes want to leave where they're at. I mean, I can't say none of them because, you know, guys always go sign for the big bag somewhere. But in general, you know, a lot of these guys, like, if you had to ask me personally, like, 
Devon Taves gets an offer of, you know, six and a half somewhere else and he gets or eight somewhere else and he gets an offer of like seven from us. Probably probably staying here. Oh yeah, especially how how you know the Avs are looking right now. But I mean, but I think yeah, we're just to that point where all of these top tier teams, not just the Avs, it's all of these playoff teams are strapped, and it's not good for the league that these guys can't play together or that they're going to be forced to not play together because they can't afford to keep them together. Yeah, and, and you know, some somebody's going to end up on a you know Arizona Coyotes team or you. Uh, you know, just teams that are, are you know, lower tier level that aren't as, I don't know, uh, players aren't as just ready to be like, yeah, absolutely, I'll go play there for, uh, you know, for a good amount of money. They'll, they'll want to hold out for maybe less money on a better team that has more upside. I think it will be a great move for the league to increase the cap it. Uh I think it opens up the possibility of Colorado becoming a dynasty, in all honesty. Yeah. Uh, if they increase the cap, we can keep our players around. It speaks for any team who's going for another championship win. If they can't sign their players that are on that team, it becomes increasingly harder to win that championship again. Yeah, and wasn't that like the running joke with Tampa the yeah. last like they- two or three years? Eighteen million over cap, you know. Oh, and I mean, you look at you look at the Golden Knights. I mean, Joke. they're substantially a worse team because of such cap problems. Yeah, but they did that to themselves. But yeah, uh, needless to say, though, it is still a problem. It is a problem. I mean, when you look at other sports, say basketball with their luxury tax, those are the teams that are winning back-to-back championships, multiple championships. Yeah. Not saying that hockey needs a luxury tax, but increase it so we can pay the players and try to become a dynasty. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Player values aren't going down anytime soon. I mean, Nathan McKinnon just signed for $12.5 million. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, Austin Matthews' contract's going to run out here soon. McDavid's going to need another contract here soon enough. And you think either of them are going to take any less than what they've had? That's that's the exact point I'm trying to make. That is how Austin Matthews ends up in Arizona. Playing for his hometown team is he leaves Toronto because they don't have enough money and he's sick of it. And the Coyotes are like, we'll give you 18 million bucks. And he's like, all right, bet. Yeah, right. Well, and it it also lends to the parody in the league that, you know, teams are getting better. There is a bigger like talent pool and we need money to pay these players for being as talented as they are 100 percent, i couldn't agree more i mean they're not doing less you know yeah they're still putting in the time they're still playing 82 they're still training in the off season i mean these do a lot of these dudes don't know like uh, you know, especially like guys making runs like Tampa, the Abs. These guys don't know what an off season is. There is no <laughs> such thing. I mean, it is uh, it is becoming getting to the point where it is a full time, year round commitment. Oh yeah, and the players are just going to get better as time goes on. Like they said the, the other night at the Avalanche game, Kemba Carr is going to become just a benchmark of the league for players to build upon. Oh yeah. And you know how you get that good? You you commit yourself year-round to this. This isn't just like a, you know, a six-month thing, and then for the rest of the time, you just you go and fuck off for 
three months, and three then, to four months. And then after that commitment to the game and you improve your skills and you go and you play, I just – it pay comes with it. I just – it doesn't make so – you can't go down. No, absolutely not. A- absolutely not. So, yeah. Let's uh, – so, honestly, let's hope we get out of escrow. And, I mean, that kind of goes back to, you know, talking about the ads on the boards and, and the uh, – and the jerseys and the helmets, like you know, uh, you know, we don't like it, but hopefully that helps us get out of escrow. I think that's the one positive, really, just to take it back to that, just for a second. Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. I definitely, I couldn't agree more. That's where the league has to get to. We have to get out of the negative to be able to get back to the old setup that it was before COVID went and ruined everything. Yeah, thanks, COVID, dick. I only have one last thing that I want to get off my chest. Here. Oh, yeah, there you go. All right. We all watched the Avs game against Vegas yesterday. Yeah. Yes, sir. And we saw, we all saw Peter McNabb go on his little rant that he went on about the uh, TV deal that's still not done between Comcast and Cronky Sports Entertainment. Um, so there's still no altitude. For Comcast users, for a back-to-back, well, a champion looking to go back-to-back. And uh, Peter McNabb, I think, you know, shined through a little bit uh, personally to everybody yesterday. And he was speaking from the heart and not so much as a company man. And he was just speaking about how much of a tragedy this is. Basically, that so many people are stuck in the same situation and they can't watch this team. And I know we've talked about it for months and I know we've ragged on it and I know we all have our opinions on it. But I just wanted to, you know, just put it out there, honestly, that I was I commend Peter McNabb for being able to go out there on a limb and just speak to the speak to the audience and speak truthfully on a situation. And, you know, it might not have been the answers that we want to hear that there is no you know, near in sight, it looks like, but, yeah. you know, I mean, he didn't lie about it. So he's, he's letting it fly. He's letting it, you know, he's, he's giving you other options like with the Fubo TV, but it's a terrible situation. I just wanted to commend Peter McNabb for coming out and just basically laying into Comcast and even Cronky a little bit about, this not getting done. Yeah, and it wasn't like he was looking for a fight. It was extremely elo- eloquent, and it really did kind of encapsulate, I feel like, how all of us fans feel about the entire situation as it is. So, yeah, absolutely. Big, big shout-out to Pete for, you know, just stepping up and saying something about it. Oh, yeah, you can definitely tell how passionate he is about the Avalanche and the Avalanche fandom. Uh, he cares about the fans. And he knows what a disgrace it is that so many people have to go through so many measures to watch the Avalanche play a game. Go through fucking fire hoops on fire, basically. Yeah, there shouldn't be any blackouts. Hockey should be made easy to access for any fan. Right. You know, hockey. the NHL signing this new cable deal with TNT and ESPN was supposed to make it easier on us. Not give us more blackout restrictions on ESPN streams because there's no TV deal, so we still can't watch. Yeah, not unless you pay all this money for, like, a VPN then basically jump through hoops just so we can watch uh, our own hockey team. Which, you know, 
we may or may not do on the bench, but hey, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Maybe I'm in Russia. I don't know. Maybe I'm in Belarus. Maybe I'm in Kenya. Who knows? All I know is that I'm watching the avalanche, <laughs> but I'm paying for it. <laughs> But no, yeah, cheers to Pete. I mean, he's always, you know, you can you, you can tell that he has always been extremely passionate about the Avalanche and the fan base of the Avalanche, but hockey in general, for sure. He's absolutely 100% in love with hockey, just as, you know, all, all of us are, you know, and what he wants is for more people to fall in love with the game and to be able to adore the game such as he is. And for him to say something about that takes a lot of courage especially you know on a broadcast so yeah on a broadcast during intermission cut solo to you for 10 15 minutes yeah so yeah i i got to say that was that was really big and hopefully hopefully you know his pleas are heard more than you know the fans have been heard cuz cuz clearly that's if they're not going to listen to the fans maybe they'll listen to an nhl legend yeah for real all right, boys. Well, I mean, great talks. A lot of we covered a lot of stuff tonight, and I felt it was pretty, pretty, pretty good idea to just cover all of what's been going on lately. So uh, until then, I mean, uh, Ryan, you want to send any shout outs or anything, bud? I want to just say thanks for having me again. It's a blast always. Awesome, man. What about you, Nick? No, not really. Just thanks to everybody out there for listening to On the Bench. We appreciate you all as always. Yeah, uh, and for me, you know, thanks to Ryan coming back on. Really appreciate always having you on, man, and all the all the love you give On the Bench with Beaks. Uh, thank you to Dave Zamboni and the Zambonis as always. Thank you to the Hockey Focus Podcast Network. We love you guys. We love everybody that's a part of it. And uh, thank you guys for listening. So, uh until next time, we'll see you back on the bench. So, Vihorsh. Later. See ya. Let's try the damn thing. See what happens.